Hi, I'm Anas. And I'm Grace. We love the Wheel of Time fandom, and we love talking about why it's so special. Our mission is to give back to the fandom through projects that amplify the fun and camaraderie. I thought it was we make people cry. Mm, yeah, but in a good way. This, This is The Light's Work. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Light's Work. I'm Anas and with me is one of my best friends, Grace. Grace, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Bestie. How are you? I am very excited. We have a special episode tonight because we have our first episode um, where we have a guest. So we've done this uh, a few times now and, you know, been kind of doing it uh, together. But now we have a guest tonight. So let me introduce uh, our guest. Our guest is none other than the innkeeper of the Dusty Wheel, Matt Hatch. Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you very much for having me here. Um uh, at the lights work with both of you. I mean, I, I, uh, it's, it's funny because both of you, um, are mods at, uh, at the dusty wheel. And so I feel like we're hanging out, uh, and, uh, and I'm excited for that because I don't get to do that very often. Do your mods usually interview you though? No. And that's what mm, I think okay. is, uh, mm-hmm. I have never, well, have I ever been in a, I don't know. That's an interesting question. I don't think, I don't think the mods have ever requested uh, to interview me. So now they have. Now two of them have. <laughs> yes. Does that make you nervous? Uh, I was thinking about that before this. Am I? I was like, am I nervous? Like, what did I? What am I going to be asked? I don't know. So I don't know that I'm nervous until you start asking questions. Then maybe I'll get nervous. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't think you should be nervous. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think, but you know, let, let's not let's not give away anything <laughs> yeah. that we'll ask. Well, I mean, other than the fact that you're usually the one asking the questions, I, I think that's just yeah. what it is—a change from what you're used to. So, I'm I'm excited personally. Yeah, I do feel a lot more free than having to host something. So these are typically really exciting huh? times for me, where I can just chat and talk about things, and I have I have zero responsibility for that conversation other than being a part of it, if that makes mm. sense. Right. Yes. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I kind of have two disclaimers that, that maybe relate to that. The first is, you know, you are our first guest that we're recording, but um, you're probably not going to be our first guest that we actually release an episode for. So that might sound odd, but uh, that's just how, you know, the intricacies of the lights work. It's just how, <laughs> how it works. We have a very complicated spreadsheet. <laughs> The wheel, the wheel weaves as the wheel wheels. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. The second disclaimer is, you know, we're interviewing you. So our main goal here is to not let you take over <laughs> and start asking questions. <laughs> you know, we are going to um, clap that down. This is us asking you questions. And, you know, if you have questions for us, we can, you can always do that another time. So those are the two, <laughs> those are the two disclaimers where, you know. <laughs> I, feel like you've, I feel like you've noticed a pattern before and noticing that I, yes. pattern, you're attempting to weave a different outcome and a different mm-hmm. pattern from a previous pattern that you've seen. So I understand that. That's smart. That's smart. <laughs> yeah. And, and I was like, if we don't, 
you know, say that head on, it's going to happen. So <laughs> I'm already like sowing some, you know, like discord in your mind where you're like thinking, am I taking over the show here? That's so right. that's, a, you know, that's yeah. good. I appreciate that. Yeah. That's a, that is a definitely a great table to set for me because uh, I can try to turn that off. um so yeah you know i I think the first thing um you know that we thought of when we had guests is in this fandom you know everyone came into this fandom in different ways and um you know we talk about origin stories of how people came into the wheel of time um you've got quite the origin story i think so the way i was going to do this is i was going to recap what i know and you can pitch in different things that I mentioned that might not be accurate or have some detail that's interesting. So um, I'm, I'm, the way I think of it is there's like the the prequel, which is Theoryland. Okay. There is the original series, which is maybe, you know, being a beta reader, you know, being in the books, because that is, the, you know, you're in the book uh, and people who don't know you uh, are... Innkeeper Hatch in Towers of Midnight that um, has a, does Brandon say a special cudgel? Is that is that what he calls it? Yeah. 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 And um, so that's the original. And then there's the sequel, which is the Dusty Wheel. <laughs> so, you know, okay. if you talk about the, the original kind of thing, uh, being um, in uh, the books, um, started as you being a beta reader and then um being you know named in the books what do you remember of that experience and you know just being in that role and then having your name in the book so yeah that's a that's a good question it it's interesting like different things stand out to me when i think about it and so when you started talking about it i remembered the moment that um that i read i want to say it was the the prologue to Towers of Midnight that they released. And that's where uh, I think Brandon included this kind of thank you to a bunch of fans in the, what do you call that? Like the, the, it's like the statement that comes before the prologue. Anyways, it's like the, I can't remember, the credits or something, not credits, but it's any, something like that. The title card thing. I don't know what it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, uh, he, he had said, like, I remember getting the, or reading the uh, prologue and reading that where he had said something to the effect of just thanking fans for their de- dedication to the to the series and had made the lives of others better or something like that. And then he included my name. And I remember that was the most emotional reaction I had to that entire experience was... I know it sounds maybe like weird. It's like, well, no, I got to be already part of a beta read and see the book and help there. But uh, I guess none of it, um, if this makes sense, I didn't didn't think much of myself. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like when it said, like basically that we had, he was thanking us for our help and all the things we had done for fandom. And I really never thought of, the theory land and everything like that in those terms. Right. I'd always thought of it as just like, I'm just being a fan, you know, this is what fans do. <laughs> they make websites and to see my name in that context of outside of the books and just thanking us and seeing it right in that spot in a, in a book that I had picked up the first of 
back when I was 15 and to see my name and being thanked for that was, yeah, probably the most impactful emotional experience I'd had or ever, ever had, I think. Well, I think in the, what did you call it? In the main series, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> of an experience as a fan. So yeah, that, that's what kind of comes to mind about that experience itself. But I mean, yeah, there's so many stories uh, from that moment, but I think that that's the thing that really hits me and I wanted to share. I've short, shared this uh, maybe once or twice before, but I think it is, it's one of those moments I can see myself sitting on, I was in my basement and I can see myself sitting on the couch and I just remember kind of just sobbing for a while. And I, you know, just, it was just like a moment that I had by myself um, reading that and seeing that. And it just, all of the, like I said, all of the time, you know, you kind of that whole like thing you think like into your past and you kind of repeat it. It was like everything that led up to picking up the book and then everything from that moment that led into that moment, I just relived that all in that small uh, basement <laughs> you know, moment of my life. And yeah, it just hit me. And, and uh, I remember that distinctly and, and will always remember that, um, regardless of everything else that came before or came after. At least my initial thought would be, you know, when you see like Innkeeper Hatch or something, you're like your name in the yep. actual text of the book. But um, there's there's something about... You know, when you're you're away from the object of you know what what you're doing, and you're now being recognized outside of that experience and what you've been through. No, to- totally. Yeah. Um. So that you know that was kind of the main <laughs> the, the way I like to think of it is you know being a beta reader, being in the books, um, in the book, and then just uh, being part of all of that. Um. And then if we go back. You know, you just mentioned uh, picking up the book uh, when you were, you were 15. You know, maybe talk about that. Yeah, so I um, I think I always, as a kid, used reading as an escape um, from life. Uh, like you do, right? Like every kid has a reason to escape, whether or not it was... You know, maybe they feel some bullying going on. Maybe they maybe they feel less safe where they're at. Uh, maybe they just uh, have difficulties in some form or fashion. And I did just like every other kid, right? And and I think I used reading as a way to get a away from that. I'll um, find a safe place for me to just uh, find joy, if that makes sense. Um, it was a very protected space in the sense of, right, it's just your imagination, right? Um, I could, I could just go into my imagination thanks to these authors. And, uh, you know, I, I started off, I think like everybody else in fantasy fiction at the time did, I, you know, I, I read Tolkien. Um, I remember, you know, reading those books and then kind of wanted something more. And a friend had been reading some Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman, Dragonland stuff and I remembered jumping into that he did not like he got the book and he like he read it and he gave it to me and I don't know that he read any other fantasy fiction he was just like yeah that's cool and then he moved on with life and that like I read that and and that led into just devouring other authors works you know uh Eddings Feist and yeah I I 
to this day, I, and I've written about this one. I just remember looking for my next fix at that point, right? It, it was kind of escapism, but then it became an addiction, <laughs> you know? right? It's like, yeah, it, no. it was like, I loved this and now it's like, I need this, right? I, I need, I need a place. I need, you know, a story. I need stories to, to persist, to, to love life, enjoy life. And yeah, I remember, uh, the library was that kind of that the extension of that place, right? It was, I go to the library, I'm surrounded by books, I'm surrounded by people that apparently like books too, right? Those were, those were my people, even though I didn't understand that at the time, really. It was like, I didn't, I felt a warmth when I'd walk into a library, right? It was kind of like, it's almost funny because I never put in these terms, but I, I think it's, it's kind of like what I would see with a popular group of people at, at school where they just felt at ease and you could see it in the way they moved and the way that they interacted with people that they just felt comfortable. Now, maybe somebody would be like, well, I wasn't feeling comfortable inside, whatever it is. It's that it's the seeing of that experience. That's how it felt. I'd walk into a library. I just felt <laughs> accepted and understood and, and cool. If that makes sense, like, like a like a nerd cool right like I, I yeah I mean like you'd walk by like yeah read those read like 20 of those <laughs> read uh 15 of those oh what's that one over there hey you know <laughs> it's like uh I'm gonna read that I'm gonna read you soon you know uh and I just remember feeling that in a library which is probably the only context in my life I would say if I look back that's the only place I ever felt that and and uh yeah and so the librarians were kind of my drug dealers right <laughs> they were they were like they were the purveyors of fantasy fiction for my brain you know and and they would they would often be looking for books for me right because i'd come in and be like okay i'm done i'm done i'm done i need what's the next thing yeah and i had uh jordan's books i think the eye of the world was sitting on a table kind of like you know how they have the tables where they like present the new stuff, you know, wasn't stuck on a shelf anywhere. It was out highlighted, you know, the lights over it. It's really like well curated. And, uh, I just remember the librarian kind of pointing over to it and yeah, the big blue book, it, it caught me, right. Caught me in its, in its weave, if you will, uh, and pulled me in and has never, ever, ever, ever let go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I remember you talking about this librarian, like this special person that introduced you to the books. Um, Have you talked with this librarian since then? Do you stay in touch? No, I wish. uh, I went back at one point to see if I could even find like the card that I had, you know, put my, because at the time you'd like sign your name on a card, you know? And I don't know if that's still a thing anywhere in any library in the world, maybe. Uh, but I would put my name on the card, and I was hoping I could go back and find something like that. But they didn't have records when I when I checked. No, I don't know. I, I, if this makes sense, I may have felt cool. That does not mean I was going to tell anybody <laughs> <laughs> or talk about this in any context with any other human being. Right? This wasn't like mm-hmm. a. This wasn't something I went home and like admitted to you know or and so by the time it was by the time it was of great impact to me and I could look back at it 
that person was long gone. And so were there likely the records of that person or how I would know mm. to get those records at least. Right. Yeah. It's funny the way you describe the library uh, scene sort of reminds me of how Anas and I have talked about the fandom and just that feeling of ease, a safe space, where being a nerd is cool. So it's almost like we have our own big library now in the fandom. And I know you said that was like the only time you felt that way in your life. Do you feel that way now when you're at a convention or when you're with groups of Wheel of Time fans or, or is it different now? Or at, or at the Dusty Wheel. So yeah, this is a good question. Um, see, now you're making me nervous with these questions. <laughs> uh, only in the sense of like, this is, it can be revealing in ways that maybe I don't, I'm not as public about these things, but I will uh, answer this as truthfully as I can. So um, yes and no. So just like anything, you know, if you use that same analogy, when I think about schools and groups, the way I consume or have consumed these books is different than the way others consume these books. When I would walk to the nonfiction side of the library, I'd be like, I don't understand you people. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, cool. I get that you like this stuff, but I didn't feel it except in that one section of the library where it was the fantasy fiction, you know, science fiction. That was the zone, right? So in, in that same way, um, yeah, I think when I've found people that consume this material like I do, yes. That's not necessarily at every convention or every in every moment. There are times I still feel that kind of like, I you know, I'm in a group and I'm still the weirdo, you know, off in the corner, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. in, the, in the black t-shirt. Now, you know, looking at both of you right now and seeing you both in black t-shirts, yes, I, I definitely <laughs> feel that in the in this in this moment, um, I feel like I'm around uh, people that understand that and are that like inherently, I'm not like it's just that's who you are. And so, in those moments, yes, I think I feel that like that extension, this virtual library, if you will, in the little zone in the library where there's some hardcore fan freaks there's a certain energy, whatever you want to call it. There's a certain uh, thing that happens to me and I smile more and I, my kind of walls go down a little, a bit easier and I'm much more free with what I say and how I say it. And uh, yes, so I, I still, I still have those moments, but they're not, it's not like just because I'm at a convention, it feels that way all the time, if that makes sense. Right. So uh, one of the things you mentioned, you know, about the way you've experienced that initial, you know, getting into the fandom or not even the fandom because you were just reading the books. Do you remember who that first person either online or in person that you actually talked to about the books or introduced to and, you know, someone who read the books um, at that time? Ooh, this one's gonna be tough. So I'm not gonna say a hundred percent I know this for sure. You know, like there might be somebody out there like, wait a second, we talked about it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Someday I'll be like, oh, I forgot. Uh, certainly no one in my inner circle of friends growing up, like that wasn't there. So not there. And I would say, I don't believe the first year of college I went to, 
I still think that was kind of a, you know, uh, a hidden thing for me. Like this was my passion and not something I really talked to about with other people. The girl I was dating at the time, who is now my wife, uh, she was aware of it, but only in the context of like, that it's something I really liked. Like she didn't really understand it. You know, she, she didn't still... understand. It was with like a big L like, <laughs> yeah. she didn't know how much you liked it. Right. Yeah. Like she did not, she did not really conceive of that until we were like married and years into marriage where she was like, wow. So, okay. So this is a thing. I didn't realize this was like a, a thing. And, but she, like she knew it enough that she wanted to get books for me in the series when they'd come out kind of thing. Uh, so I would say before I made Theoryland, I the place I made Theoryland at was at my first tech job ever. Uh, I was I was a part of an internship with a tech company way back in the day, uh, and I remember that I found out that for some reason people in tech read these books <laughs> it was like a weird like awareness i don't know why like it was a thing but somehow i ended up on when i say somehow i could tell you the whole story but i ended up on a technical support team an online technical support team this is back in 1997 so this is back when a technical an online technical support team was actually like a legit new thing <laughs> i was like like uh and i ended up on this team as like an analyst and eventually a web designer and found out that about 3 people in a team of like 10 read the wheel of time and i was like shocked <laughs> i was like what you guys love this and then all of a sudden we started talking about the books and I think it was that awareness, my boss who hired me onto that team, I think he would, I think I've talked to him, if I remember correctly in the past, and he said that one of the reasons why he hired me onto the team was he found out I was a Wheel of Time fan. So like my first legit tech full-time position in part was inspired and grateful, you know, due to the fact that I was a fan of these books that this person also loved. So I would say, yes, my online support technology team at my first tech job was the first moment I was like, oh, shut up. There are people that like, now they were Wheel of Time fans. That does not mean that I was like, oh, they are freaking out about the same stuff I am. Somewhat, somewhat. They were not like immediately what I would say. They were like hardcore theory landers, but they certainly were like, they liked the books because like all of us wanted to know what's going to happen next and love the mysteries of the books. So that's so interesting. Honest. I feel like, I feel like that should be a topic for a future podcast. And this is me being academic again, but like <laughs> what, what different professions love the wheel of time the most and like what percentage of people in certain professions read the books and why, like, why is it IT people or why is it <laughs> mental health counselors or whatever, you know, why I, I would be very curious about that. So we'll add that to our list. We'll do a research study. <laughs> yeah. We'll definitely look into that. But, um, you know, you brought up Theoryland. So that was sh probably shortly after that you, you made a, you, 
and, and I think I've heard you talk about this, so yeah. we probably won't go into too much detail. Yeah. But you, you know, you tried to look online for real time content, and you found some, and uh, and you said, "Hey, maybe I should, you know, do my own website." I don't know. You know yeah. That 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 came about, and ninety eight, right? Is that? Yeah, it went live uh, in April of ninety eight. You know that became a community that was not only online. But then became into, you know, a group of people who went to book signings and the sort. So, yep. um, how did that happen? I mean, did you see yourself when you made this website that you would actually meet these people and go out to book signings and be called, you know, hardcore fan freaks who dress in black t-shirts and white black t-shirts? <laughs> no, like I was just an angsty twenty-two-year-old at the time. Uh, yeah, I was just, I was, I still, you know, I look back and I'm like that that person was just a kid and like didn't know what this online thing really, really was and was just like loved his anonymity. Right. Like I think I've told this story, but maybe not. And I don't know if both of you heard of this, but yeah, like uh, not many people knew even like wheel of time fans were not familiar with the name Tamarillin. Like that was not a name that they understood from the books. So a lot of people would call me like Tammy. <laughs> like it wasn't like a name from the series. And I'd be like, I don't understand. Like, how do you not know this is like, and they were like, okay, whatever, Tammy, you know? And I was like, this is like a weird. I feel, I feel like, I feel like I have to like somehow now use Tammy in, in the future. You, you've given that away. You You're really welcome. shouldn't have. Oh. You're welcome. Look, eventually some of this stuff comes out because everyone interviews me and eventually I'll be like, fine, I'll give them this piece of the history. <laughs> So yeah, like that was that would happen a lot, and I was like, oh, and then I was like, maybe I'll be like, then I changed it, like maybe I'll the Tamarillin. That way, people know it's like a title, you know. Uh, which to this day, it's funny because Taylor, uh, when he started going online and creating names, he would like use the Tamarillin. <laughs> I was like, wait a second, that's mine. He's like, yeah, I know. It's like he would use the name like Theoryland like names uh, when he would uh, create names, and one of his Gmail addresses is is like that so uh but yeah i i remember like loving the anonymity right that that was somewhat protective right? Mm -hmm. right it was like i can be a total geek no one knows me in real life i still don't have to admit this to anyone <laughs> this is like this is still a passion of mine and it's like this thing that no one else can have because i can do this anonymously online and I can run this site and I can say really stupid angsty things and I can just have an argument with someone and no one will ever know me or my name and none of these things will ever <laughs> persist long enough to ever catch up to me. <laughs> By the way, people who want to go, there's a database search that you can do uh, on theoryland.com and you know look up all of those things yep. the, the Tamerlan said all those years ago. You could. You can find stuff back that I was saying in 1999 still. Uh, and sometimes I'll go back and like look and I'll just be like, wow. <laughs> I'll be like, he was kind of a pompous jerk sometimes what what is one of the most stupid angsty things that you said on Theoryland? um it's it's not that i can remember exactly what it was it's just that i would get really pissed off because i was right oh so it was your attitude then so it was my attitude yes yeah. like okay. i was so sure that i was right about my view about something and i would argue ad nauseum back and forth about how someone and I would be so pedantic about it like I would be like just 
I would just say, I would say stuff like, I mean, if you want to be stupid, I guess you can believe that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, yeah, I guess if you want to be like really obstinate and ignore facts, fine, then I guess we can continue down this. I would, I would write stuff like that. And I'd go back like years later, like, wow. I was kind of, <laughs> I, I had an attitude. Uh, it was it was funny. And I don't know, I probably, I don't know if it's maturity. I don't know if it's just running a community eventually where you're like, that's not helping. <laughs> that's, this is not a useful way to talk to other human beings where you are trying to create a place for people to feel, you know, comfortable about speaking about their, you know, shared fandom. I mean, I heard from many Many people who told me, hey, uh, Theoryland was awesome. I never said anything of there, but I, I read everything that you guys wrote. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I totally get it because I would do that for years too. Like I would just be like, oh man, I can't get into this conversation. I just can't. So I would just read something and be like, interesting. And it would just move on, you know? So yeah, uh, you know, you talked about, you know, that anonymous way of doing that, but like I said, you, you you know you went on these book signings, and then you know like, do you remember like who did you talk to first that you were like, hey, let's meet up in person and you know so do something. No, that's and that's yeah. And sorry, I totally forgot that that was even the question. See, you had me off. Uh, <laughs> I was like off and remember trying to remember like the angsty twenty two year old that I was. So I would say within about two years of the site beginning. You just naturally, when you're talking to people on a daily basis, you just naturally start sharing a data point or two about yourself, you know? All of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, my wife, she's sleeping and I'm, oh, you're married? Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm married. Yeah, yeah. Well, how did you meet your wife? Oh, well, we, we grew up together. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. Me too. Whatever. It's like, oh yeah. Or you'd, you'd say something like, I got to go take my kids to soccer practice whatever it is and all of a sudden be like oh you have kids i didn't even think about you having kids that's crazy how old are you know you don't really know exactly how old people right and even as much as it is probably like this way today where it's just like fake accounts here and there that was like actually part of the joy of the early internet was people would like argue with them i i worked with people that actively argued and started trolling themselves to create angst in forums (laughs) <laughs> they would have multiple accounts and they would go on tirades and then they they would reply to, reply to themselves on purpose and they would laugh about it because they thought it was the funniest thing in the world, right? So you just assumed like anything people told you about yourself was like, that's fake. So all of a sudden we started sharing pictures because now we're like in a community and like, are you real? <laughs> you know, are you a real person? <laughs> and and I this group at Theoryland... I started kind of giving people titles. I can't remember why or who came up with that first, but it was like, if you were around long enough, you were raised, you know? I think it was like youngling, elder, ancient, and then it became like hero of the horn or hero. And, which is funny, like I think about like the duration of Theoryland at this point is decades. But at the time, you could get to like hero within two years. <laughs> it was like there was no additional level. <laughs> I was like hero. That's it. It's over. Uh, so, and all of these people, all of a sudden, it, we started knowing each other's real names. And you know, so all of a sudden, you have a picture. You have their name. You start to learn where they live. You start to hear stories about their families and their kids. And and then you're like, hey, there's a signing. 
and now you feel like you have a friend where before it was just this anonymous person you argued with. And so I would say within two years, it really started kind of changing to where people that came into the community that we hadn't shared pictures with or learned their names or whatever, those were the anonymous people you argued with. But then the people you had met, you, you argued with them, but it was like for fun. And you did. we did start to meet at signings. I can't remember, I think the first time I physically met anyone though, I kind of still stayed away. I knew other people were meeting. I, I feel like I did. And I, it's hard for me to kind of go back and remember exactly, but I, I think we, a bunch of us met up in Vegas around something that was happening and I can't remember what it was. Uh, oh man, I, it's, 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 it, we, 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 this, I think we did this Vegas meet and then we did Dragon Con in 2005. So sometime over those seven years, I think it was like five years in, we met in Vegas, maybe 2003. I don't know. I can't remember the exact details, but that was the first time I think I met anyone because I was still, and I think I still am as much as people might not believe this. I feel like I'm still very reclusive and shy and I did not want to necessarily meet in person. It's not like, you know, like I would meet in like voice chats, you know, I would do that kind of thing. But so yeah, it, Eventually there were conventions and there was like, Hey, we've been a community for long enough. Let's get together and hang out. Uh, and that started happening more, I would say five years in, but, but pretty quickly in those first two years, we started sharing personal information and, and got to know a bunch of people. That's where Brian, Mary, Todd, some of those people that you've all met at this point, uh, you know, the, that's when I started to get to know them better. There you go. Grace. I thought you wanted to ask something that you highlighted in red 500 times. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was trying to like uh, put a strike through it. And I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> well, now you have to and ask I, it, even though it's struck through. No, I, I already did. Oh. No, well, it was part of it was part of the question. And yeah. honestly, oh, you yeah, asked yeah. like you asked like three questions at once, so it's fine. Yeah, I, I did. But we <laughs> we wanted to know why black t-shirts. Hmm. Um, okay, so that's why black t-shirts. Either this is like a very deep answer or you're just like trying to think, <laughs> like, why did know. this happen? <laughs> Have we stumped you? <laughs> I would say black was a color I was very more comfortable in than any other color. Um, so, yeah, I would say black T-shirts because it's one of the few colors I feel comfortable in physically. They do really look good on everybody, I have to say. <laughs> yeah. Everybody. <laughs> Yeah, we, we we've talked about on uh, on our podcast why we have so many black t-shirts now, you know, and we're so happy that I mean, at least I'm happy that I do, um, and um, you know, we're all wearing black t-shirts right right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, that, that is the yeah. uh, that's why that's why dust that's why Theoryland has black t-shirts. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. I know it's very personal, um, sure. but we get personal on our podcast. <laughs> Honest and I have talked about some of our issues and. And how the fandom has helped us actually deal with some of those issues. So sure. maybe that uh, can kind of bring us into to what we really want to talk with you about is is the fandom now and everything that's been happening with the show and with Dusty Wheel and um, all of these new members of the fandom, including myself and Honest, um, and just more people every day joining in. Um, what does all of that mean to you? How has this era of fandom changed your life? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I guess it ties in a little bit with that. Uh, 
part of how I got into talking about this was a very anonymous way, right? <laughs> it was a very, uh, I'm behind a keyboard and I can just say whatever I want to say. And it doesn't matter what I look like or sound like. Uh, it just matters what I write and the convincing nature of my argument, whatever it is, or, or it doesn't. And I can just say whatever I want to say. And I think, uh, yeah, I, I think this latest version has been a lot more public than I ever would have chosen to do before. And it's a lot more personal, I think, to me. It was not about, I don't know, I, if this makes sense, I could have done, I could have 500 videos right now on Wheel of Time theories. Um, I, read, I read a lot of, and watch a lot of videos and read a lot of stuff of just recycled <laughs> ideas that I've been talking about for the last 25 years with other fans. Like I remember like that's the first time I've seen X idea. It was 1997, you know, whatever. Uh, but that wasn't, I, I, that wasn't what appealed to me. Uh, you, you guys hit this on the head a bit when you did a couple, uh, the couple of things that you've uh, were wonderful people about and created as almost commemorating and memorializing the dusty wheel uh, is that kind of initial thing where I'm like, Hey, my name's Matt Hatch and I'm just looking for a couple friends or a couple of people to talk about the wheel of time. Uh, the dusty wheel to me was much more kind of like, Hey, let's flip this on its head a bit. And instead of it being about like how cool of data, you know, information and facts that I can find out from Robert Jordan and then I can turn them into a cool theory that I can share with people because I'm right about an idea. And how about this time I just go find out if there are people still talking out there about the wheel of time and not have it be where hardcore fan freaks had to reach a minimum bar of like, you must have read every single book 70 times and read every interview or I don't talk to you and more just find people that just love to you know, love to talk about the wheel. Like they're just fans and want a place, want a place to come walk into a library and just sit down and, and chat with other people. And, and yeah, I think I had come to a moment where I was probably finally more comfortable in my skin. Uh, as much as I still didn't want to be in front of a camera. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, it, it shocked me that I was willing to do that. Uh, and, but yeah, I think it's it's made a big difference to me to find out that there were still people out there that wanted a place and weren't finding a place to do this. And yeah, I think I was really excited about that. The fact that the Dusty Wheel kind of became a place for people to gather. Like it felt, like I think I've said this before, it, it feels like the 80s version of Cheers, you know? Like, uh, you know, that's... That's the vibe that I wanted. That's what I wanted to do. Uh, was not necessarily create, recreate Theoryland, but was to have a place where everybody knew each other's names and uh, where we felt comfortable just being fans and in any way that we kind of liked to be fans, uh, in every way that we liked to be Wheel of Time fans. So, so yeah, it's it's changed my life and my family's lives. Uh, not in like crazy. <laughs> it's not like it's 
uh, it, it's just changed. It's, it's affected, right? Like every Wednesday, basically, from the last three plus years, this is a place I've got. I mean, conventions and the, the show itself and Taylor being part of that and my kids being part of it. Uh, yeah, it's it's affected my life, but it's when you guys have created things that show me and share with me how it's affected your lives. That's the that's the stuff I don't really know how to react to. My therapist is like, just tell people thank you. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, okay, that's that's a good idea. Uh, you know, I just I I don't know that I've ever been comfortable um, in uh, when people are like touched by something that I've done and tell me about it. I don't know how to react. Like I don't I don't know how to react to that other than just to be like overwhelmed and grateful and. Uh, and happy that anything that I, that it's something I've done has made a positive difference in someone's life. That sounds like a very normal way to react to something <laughs> like that. Well, good, good. Yeah. I mean, especially, you know, when you talk about how you've shocked yourself that you, you're even doing this to then there's like the limelight, but then there's also, you know, things that come around it that, that you, you, you know, you, I'd like to think most people don't expect to to feel this um, overwhelming that you're doing something and you want a reaction to that. You you know you do want some reaction, but it's not like you know you, you, you some you kind of don't expect it. And then when if you get it, it's um, you're right. It's it's um, the way you deal with it is um, is sometimes you know not not as easy as you, you think. Um, you know, we, we talked, I mean, you talked about, you know, how it's changed your lives. I mean, we spent a whole episode talking about that specific thing and a couple of things you mentioned, um, we mentioned too, you know, how, you know, rituals and things like that, you know, Wednesday night for people in this fandom is a, a gathering that we, we, we come together. But, um, you know, w one of the things that, that I wanted to ask, and it's, again, it's a very hard question to, to maybe answer because it's trying to choose like one memory but you know like if you were to think back just the last three years you know you've done the show you've you know come back to this fandom what is this like one kind of favorite fandom memory that you have um from 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 that kind of time period um you know it's surprisingly uh so i think i said this when I won't finish a lot of sentences here, basically. <laughs> so, but I'll get there. I'll get to the answer. Uh, you had asked about the kind of the main series of my life, like what was the moment and, you know, beta reader and that kind of thing. And I remember, like I said, kind of reading that. Uh, I wish I could think of the name of what that part of the book it is, but whatever, reading that moment where it was like thanking the fans um, for the part they played in, and uh, making other people's lives better, something that, whatever the effect that was. And I remember reading that, and that kind of emotional impact all just landing in that moment. So when you ask, like, what is the moment from, yeah, what is the moment from this part? Uh, it has to be, it has to be when we did Trailer Gaidon, and mm. when, I think it was Celtic Mist, I thought said, you know, we ride for Trailer Gaidon. Will the innkeeper ride alone? Um, 
and then like seeing like however many of you replied to that it's like the innkeeper won't ride alone you know um yeah i i kind of sobbed for a moment um like i didn't expect that uh, <laughs> like i i don't i don't expect the things that happened have happened i've never expected anything uh, from the fandom from team jordan you know i don't i don't expect these kind of things uh it doesn't matter whatever i've done or will do it's just not an expectation and so that moment i didn't you know we're, we're absurd we're like we're <laughs> 12 hour live stream like just like a fandom run 12 hour live stream devoted to breaking down a, the first trailer for the first season it was just something that we came up with right was, i can't remember who like suggested we do it and i was like yeah 12 hour live stream done and then it was like okay tr first trailer i guess we're doing it um reading everyone's responses to that just like destroyed me just destroyed me and i don't think that kind of moment you know we'll do trailer guide ons again and we did we did another one but that was such an impromptu kind of just out of the blue moment and yeah that will of all the moments that one uh touched me the deepest uh from fans uh if yeah from fans it, it hit 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 the deepest i know you guys have joked about like you know am i gonna like cry online like live are you gonna like get a tear from me about certain like that was a moment that i you know yeah i, I uh so unexpected it just like went straight into my heart and there was no wall that could have stopped it so yeah, yeah. i mean that i don't know i don't know really what to say to that because uh that is um that I think that just speaks to the power of this fandom that we felt and really the reason behind why we're doing this podcast, because um, I think a lot of us have felt that in some way, some manner where um, there's a connection that, you know, we've made, but then there are these things that you never expect. Yeah. And then when you see that um, or feel that um, it, it, it kind of transcends some of these you know, normal experiences that you have on a day-to-day -day basis, right? I mean, at the end of the day, right, it is a book series. It is a, you know, TV show and it's, you know, us talking about it, but there's those feelings that um, uh, come into it that um, have really no explanation behind it. Yeah, kind of like what you were saying about going from talking about theories and the books exclusively to just wanting to have people make connections. I think that that's so much of what you're talking about is that just that feeling of not being alone um, that so many of us felt when we were younger. You know, Anas and I talked uh, last time about, you know, maybe one of the reasons the fandom is the way it is is because of those experiences we had, um, you know, when we were younger, whether it was bullying or just feeling alienated or whatever it might be, and how, uh, you know, connecting now, especially right after the pandemic, when everyone was very alone and very isolated, I think maybe we just had this huge um, reaction to that, where now it's like the feeling of togetherness and the time we spend together is so important to us. And I can see how that was a really touching moment for you in on many levels, you know, just not feeling alone, 
um, and feeling connected to fans, um, you know, but also, you know, something that's been so personal for you for so long. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, it probably was that, um, yeah, that connection between that moment in the books, right. Uh, that it was referencing, um, and yeah, I, yeah, like you said, I'm sure it's multi-layered if I went back and like broke down why that was an arrow into my heart, um, and why it affected me in that same way, um, you know, as reading my name and in the acknowledgement, figured out the freaking, <laughs> I, was like, I was like sitting here like, I'm finding out what it is because I'm not going to for a third time. Yeah, it says the way he wrote it was, uh, they they wrote it for Jason Denzel, Melissa Cray, Bob Klutz, Klutz Jennifer Liang, Linda Tagliari, Atajiri, uh, Matt Hatch, Lee Butler, Mike Mackert, and all those readers who over the years have made the Wheel of Time part of their lives and in doing so have made lives of others better. So, yeah, having the book in part be acknowledged uh, for me and the other fans was, yeah, that was, that was huge. So, so, I mean, if you think we've kind of gone deep and personal, <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> we're going to peel back another layer. <laughs> but, but It does know, like, get better eventually, I promise. Yeah, it does. It we'll, does we'll bring yeah. it back up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but, you know, like a lot of people have, and myself included, have, you know, credited um, the Dusty Wheel for bringing people, you know, back to this fandom or to this fandom and to this community and, you know, experiencing the same kind of things you mentioned, you know, uh, within the fandom. Why do you think that is? I mean, why, uh, what is it about? And again, you know, uh, the dusty wheel that um, you think has, you know, become this really important part of how we experience fandom. That's a terrible question. (laughs) (laughs) Because now you have to make me, say things that I'm uncomfortable talking of, like not in discomfort from a, like there's some emotional connection to my discomfort. Now you're asking <laughs> yeah. me like, what is it about the dusty wheel? That's, that's done all these things. Um, and it like <laughs> inherently it's going to come back to me. Like I'm going to have to be like, well, you know, it's me. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, like, no, that's like weird. Like, like how do I, uh, so, you know, this is a, this is a, this is a good question. I was being facetious. I mean, not that people, not. I mean, not, not that you like don't think about this, but you know, like you think about this all the time. But like you've <laughs> thought. I mean, there there are times where you're like, wait, what is this like, like what does this become in a way, right? I mean, I'm sure that crosses it, it, you know people's mind in this experience. No, no. I well, I have never sat down. So Taylor and I, I this isn't the answer you're looking for, but I'm going to say this. Taylor and I have talked about why does our show work right like why is it functionally become the thing it has right and so i've broken it down in kind of technical ways in this question as to the question you're asking i i i can venture some guesses <laughs> we would love to hear your guesses um so my guess, one uh, one of my guesses would be that there is a certain segment of our fandom that uh, appreciates the books for its hopefulness in friendship and its hopefulness in 
needing others and it's hopefulness in growing and in finding and discovering and becoming something else, but becoming something better as you support each other to vanquish, you know, the, the great evil in the world. Uh, and I would, I would venture, I guess that, yeah, it's somewhat at the dusty wheel. I think, I, I think that that's been purposeful. I, I'm, I don't care t- well, I can't say that. I, I I rarely care to win a Wheel of Time argument, if that makes sense. And I'm much more interested in in uh, enjoying the company of fans. And that creates a place where you don't have to be perfect or be uber knowledgeable or only care about a certain thing to be acknowledged to be accepted and to, to have a good time. Uh, and that was certainly a purposeful choice, uh, because, uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't want the dusty wheel to be a place where it was like, you only can be here if you like Lanfear. And if you don't get out now, do I think you're stupid for not liking Lanfear? Yes. <laughs> but, uh, but I will usually never say that live unless everyone knows I'm joking. Mostly. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, I think there's a certain hopefulness, friendliness, uh, welcoming nature to the place that acknowledges that this isn't inherently about every book, but it's about all of us, right? It's that, it's that connection to that idea in the books and, there's a lot of fans that will never really get that. Like I had, unfortunately I got messages from people, you know, <laughs> that were like, man, like, cause I, you know, I be, I did the host thing for, I was the host of their official after show. And I went to, I did the, I went to London and I interviewed the cast members and there's people like dusty wheel. I, I used to like you, but I'm not going to watch you anymore. And I was like, if you don't watch me because of how I fan, you didn't understand this place anyway. So Mm. it's not that I'm like, get out. It's, this was never about some stance I was taking about the books or the show or anything. This was always about that first thing I said in the first episode. (laughs) It was, I was, I was just looking for other fans, not because they were great or had read the book seven times, but because they were fans of the wheel of time. And I was looking for them because I wanted to hang out and I just wanted to get to know them and their fandom. And, uh, so I don't know, maybe, maybe that is what people are responding to, uh, is at least that's the acknowledgement. Like, uh, WatCon. I'm so bummed Taylor didn't go to WatCon. I, to this day, I'm just annoyed that I didn't force Taylor, but I had zero concept of what I would feel there. Uh, I just did not anticipate it. And it was, WatCon was like coming home or, or going to the library, you know. Um, uh, it was like a physical manifestation of what in my head the dusty wheel symbolically represented to me. And it, it was just a, a meeting of a bunch of geeks that 
became friends online because of the wheel of time and but it wasn't about that at the same right. time so yeah that's sort of the conclusion we came to uh last week about it being about everybody being together not about the books um and you just mentioned a few things that are actually part of our next question um you talked about WatCon, which was amazing you talked about the official after show you talked about the london premiere so you know all of these things you know for better or for worse whether you planned it or not you have been referred to by many people as the heart of the fandom i mean you were the mc for WatCon. i think lesbian nerdy has actually called you the heart of the fandom um so what is it like to have that role <laughs> you're gonna fire us as mods aren't you <laughs> you're like uh, you're like i just wanted to be the term at this point i, just, I wish, wish i was a tamerlan and just be you know be right Send about him the book. back to being an angsty jerk <laughs> starting a new channel starting a new channel um, i don't have a good answer to that question i don't I don't conceptually think of myself in these terms. Um, uh, so I don't know. What is it? My I guess. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> that's what my therapist has to say. <laughs> I don't know. What to, I don't know how to react to that. I, 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 I don't know. I, uh, some 47 year old dude uh, on a YouTube channel uh, is the heart of the fandom. I don't, I, I inherently reject that in my head of like, no, no. Uh, I believe that um, I believe that I guess <laughs> the only thing I guess I'm willing to accept about that like concretely is that I hope that I hope that I've been able to find the heart of the fandom where where I feel comfortable, uh, where uh, uh, that's what makes sense. Um, I, all of you to me are the heart of the fandom that I want to be part of. And so when people say like lesbian nerdy says that, or, or it's mentioned to me, it's like, I don't really get what you're talking about, but I see in you all the heart, uh, when you show up and you're part of this. And so in that way, I guess I recognize that, that maybe, maybe you think I lit, uh, lit the match or hit whatever it was. I was a spark for that moment, maybe, but I think the beating nature of that heart is not in me. Uh, you know, maybe I, again, maybe there was just that shock moment to fandom that, that happened. And I guess maybe I, I would accept that, but after that, it's been all of you that have kept me moving. You know, I feel like the inertia I feel sometimes with a dusty wheel on a Tuesday where I'm like, am I doing a show tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> and then it's Wednesday at 10 a.m. And I'm like, I don't know. I have so much work and I have this problem with uh, one of my kids or whatever it is, or there's this thing going on and I have this project and I haven't worked out in a couple of weeks or there's always like something where I'm like, I don't know, maybe I just, maybe I'm not going to do a show tonight. 
and then like I see I do like I see your faces and I I hear I can almost like hear like people typing like is there a show tonight is there a show tonight is there a show tonight <laughs> and then I'm like oh man I I'm doing this show and we're having a show and as soon as I see people begin to show up and chat like my heart like sings you know what I mean like I feel energized I feel my heart beating that's my fandom heart in that moment so uh, so yeah, I, I don't know, Grace, that I feel what that feels like. I can tell you what it feels like to me to, to be energized by all of you, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, um, I, I think, um, the, the way I'm going to, you know, make a comment and then segue into another thing from that, the, the way I've always thought of that is, you know, how, you, you always talk about your Discord server and you always say, you know, when you come to the Discord server, this is like coming to the Hatch home and, you know, you behave a certain way or, you know, this is how you, you know, and, and you, you always say that. So that's a, something you say, but there's a lot of onset stuff over the last three years that we as a community have adopted. And that's where I think that particular, you know, uh, sentiment from us comes from you know as, as you know when you say that you're the central hub or the, the heart of the fandom that uh, it's it's distilled to me into those kind of not expectations but just um, understanding of what it means to be at the dusty wheel hmm. uh, but yeah so you know on those lines um, are there ever times when you now just wish you could you know just be a fan and <laughs> and you know not, not you know not not be in that role <laughs> oh gosh see you guys are putting me on the spot this is good uh can you just ask me about land fear <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that we'll, we'll get to that <laughs> okay so uh look i <laughs> i think i was on vacation recently with my wife and i was like um you know if the uh, Dusty Wheel ever ended and I was asking her a question, she's like, when? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I mean, yeah, like, right. Some point it has to end. <laughs> and I was like, I wasn't making a statement about our entire life, <laughs> the rest of the eternity <laughs> of our entire life when it comes to the Dusty Wheel. I just meant if, when. <laughs> the Dusty Wheel ends someday. Um, yeah, I would basically, I don't, I'm not starting another channel. <laughs> I mean, I say that, but who knows, right? Uh, but no, I don't think that there's a fourth act, I guess, however you have proposed this. Um, and no, I don't think I ever wish that I can go back to, n this might not have been the premise of your question, but I don't. I never wish that I could just go back and be anonymous Tamarillin anymore. Like that's, this has been, the dusty wheel has been too impactful. Like Theoryland is just, it's just this thing like, and I have good friends from it, but the dusty wheel has been all about the friends I have from this. Right. Like sometimes we just get on the show and I'm like, I don't know, let's just talk about the latest news, whatever. <laughs> it's like open the call lines. What's up, everybody? You know, like this isn't like 
I, I want to talk about interesting topics, but sometimes it's just like, let's just get together. So if, mm-hmm. if the premise is like, could I, I wish I could go back and, and not be this person and, and be on the other side of the curtain, if you will. No. Um, do I feel that now? Like, am I, do I wish that like, I could just be like, turn off the dusty wheel tomorrow and, and walk? Uh, no, like that. It's, it is, it, no, but it's a lot. Um, it is, it is a lot. <laughs> it's because I have a life just like everybody else does. And I have other dreams and I have a 30, almost 30 year relationship with another human being that is my, is my spouse. And I have kids, a kid that's getting married and kids graduated and a kid that's finishing up graduating. And I have a job just like every, like I have, I, I'm a human being with a life that this is the weight I feel about delivering the dusty wheel. Like as a, as an experience is significant. And so, yeah, certainly there is a weight that I carry around. It's not like this onerous thing. I just mean, like I think about it seriously. Like I don't just show up if that makes sense. Like I feel like I should be bringing something with me uh, for you all. And yeah, I don't know how long I theoretically can just carry that forever, but I don't know. Uh, I'm still carrying it and I probably will until, I don't know, until my wife says no more. (laughs) (laughs) I can definitely relate to that. I've, I've, thought many times, how long am I going to keep doing threefold talk? And then now it's how long are Honest and I going to be doing this podcast? I don't know. I, it yep. doesn't seem like, it seems like this unimaginable like blob. I don't know what where it's going to go or how long it's going to be, but it doesn't feel like I want it to end ever. But, you know, yeah, we'll see what happens. I know. Like I'm, I still can't <laughs> believe I've been doing this for three plus years. Like I... Like when they're sometimes on the like, they're like, they greenlit season three. And I'm like, right. Season <laughs> How many seasons? <laughs> when does season yeah. two come out? What does season three look? I'm like, trailer guide on when I'm 57. You know, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> people are going to be like, they, they ask me now. Like, I'll get this question from them. People like, how do you do that? I just can't wait for that question in like eight years. People are like, so I just hope they don't find this rude, but. Like, is it actually healthy for you? Is <laughs> <laughs> hey, your doctor okay with this? Uh, you know. Uh, so yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, I maybe. Oh, I, won't, I won't ask a question because you asked me not to, so I'm not going to ask a question. <laughs> so, well, let's just. Are we allowing let's one put question? It this way. What is the question you were going to ask us, and we'll decide if we'll answer or not. Okay. The question I was going to ask you was, do you ask yourself? Is the Dusty Bill going to be here tomorrow? Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I focus on positive things. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's or maybe we, we, okay. Which, this is bad, but it's kind of like it's not a burden I want to bear. <laughs> you know, too. Also, because I, it's a it. Yeah, no. So in that way, it's a it's a um, thing you don't want to think about you know because there's positive things attached to it and why think of 
not positive things. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Just stuff it down. Stuff down all those negative feelings. I mean, just avoid all the bad feelings, right? I am a licensed mental health counselor, and I am recommending (laughs) repressing all of your emotions. I've, 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 I've actually had those, like, there have been days where I was like, like, I, I don't know how all of you are out there that hear this eventually, but I have that kind of, uh, what do they call it? Where you like, I can like spin. Um, rumination. I can, yes, I have ruminations and I often future ruminate. Um, yeah. and not necessarily in positive, healthy ways. Uh, and there have been times where I'm like, I've ruminated about just like going onto the <laughs> Twitter and be like, uh, Thank you for visiting the dusty wheel. See you in the next turn <laughs> or something like that. You know, I've been like, I've been like, and the emotional wow. response I have to like my rumination of that is like really crazy, you know? And I'm always like, why would I ruminate about stuff like that? <laughs> but, but I ruminate about, you know, again, for people that do ruminate about these kind of things, like that's, and I know that wasn't meant to like suggest to anyone that I was doing anything, uh, uh, to myself to make that just meaning like the channel like is there a moment in the future where I'm just like I'm done you know and I I don't know I go I'm not done yet but wow like maybe someday there will be a moment and I'll be like I'm done and that makes me sad <laughs> you know and I'm like well shoot I don't know how I feel about that but someday that'll happen hopefully it's far into the future well yeah and everything has to come to an end eventually and the fact that you worry about it and think about it just speaks to how much you care about it so i think when you have that fear of some losing something or something ending it's just it's a measure of how much you love that thing so even though it's kind of a depressing thought it's also um i think a way that it shows how much you you care about what you're doing well, that makes me feel better. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. That will be $100. <laughs> um, one thing I wanted to ask you, um, so speaking of therapy, I'm a group therapist and I, I run groups and I have sort of a community at, at the place where I work. Um, so one thing I wanted to ask you um uh, you know, more like a talk shop kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah. You uh you do this thing at, at conventions, usually Thursday night, where you just start basically leading a group. You, you jump on the couch, you get people in a circle, you pull people into the group, you ask them to introduce themselves, and you really like get people to come out of their shells and like start talking to each other. And I'm just curious, like, why, why do you do this? And how do you do this? I should totally have studied for this. Um, so, <laughs> shoot, that's a good question. Uh, man. I just want to give you like some cliche answer. kind of want to dig on this. Uh, yeah, I think there is like a deeply rooted, um, yeah, I think I just have a deeply rooted uh, feeling of not fitting in that I empathize too much probably because uh, <laughs> like my wife sometimes would be like, dude, at some point you just have to go to sleep and live <laughs> about certain things. And I'll be like, I know, I know I do. Um, I wish I could turn it off too. Um, 
But yeah, I, I think I deeply empathize with the idea of others feeling that way and and feel somewhat responsible now, I guess. This is where I guess I'll, I'll admit <laughs> to having <laughs> a position in this fandom uh, and only from the perspective of, yeah, like I've been here, right? Like I've been around for a while. I'm an old dude that's that's come to the cons and that's, you know, had a website and that has, that I've had a chance to speak to some people that I know other fans would like to. And I've had a chance to do amazing things and had great opportunities that I want other fans to have. And I don't want their sense of, you know, not belonging or their inability to, you know, or their difficulties in group settings to to speak up for themselves or, or really get to know people, to get in the way of what I know are just amazing friendships and amazing experiences waiting that often do require you to have to say something, you know, have to introduce yourself. And at the same time, I totally get that other people don't want to. And so I, I do my best to kind of ride that line of like not being overly pushy <laughs> and obnoxious and forcing <laughs> people to do something that they don't want to do. And my intent isn't to manipulate them in, in that way. It's like, I, I want them to understand that regardless of anything I've ever done or whatever, that I feel that social anxiety and I feel that kind of, alone sense of, of loneliness and not fitting in even, <laughs> uh, yeah, I want them to know like, even now I'll go to a convention and not feel like I fit in. Right. It doesn't matter how many times I stand up on that stage or I do the live show or I see a name in a book or whatever. Like it doesn't matter. I still feel like uncomfortable in my skin I still hear thoughts of the idea that people must be whispering bullying-like things about me in the corners. And I still feel all those reasons that I should step away and just seclude myself, right? And I fight that inclination. And I feel like if I can help others fight that inclination too by being friendly and inviting and helpful that maybe that will help other people have those experiences that maybe they would have been tough to have without that person opening a door that maybe they thought was closed to them. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, from personal experience, um, relate to that very, very much, you know, um, I did not envision myself going to a convention this year, let alone two, or even being, you know, just talking to people or doing some of the things that I did. And I think, you know, it's inspiring to, to see someone do that. So, you know, the fact that you, you do that um, is how we define the lights work, you know, here. So th that doing that is the lights work because you you 
you've recognized something and then you've recognized how you can bring about that change or that acceptance within a community um uh it's definitely uh, like personally to me i've seen it i've um acted on it and it surprised me too you know that i would introduce myself to someone a and then introduce other people you know kind of like how we did at, at walk on you know and that was um i look back at that and see someone that i don't recognize when i look at that person <laughs> myself. i'm like you know it's just not something that i would do um you know i talk to my wife about this all the time and she she doesn't believe me she, she hasn't <laughs> seen me as that person ever and um so when she sees me within this kind of uh, fandom she she's always surprised for that but you know th that's the light's work that's you know that's kind of what you you know what you what you're doing there but have you ever been on the other end so if you think of you know being a recipient of the light's work in in that manner you know you know wheel of time related where you've been on um the receiving end of something kind of awesome like that I mean, despite, I mean, uh, other than the things you guys have done. <laughs> well, we didn't want to you know, lead you to say that or anything, but if you want to mention our videos, you can certainly do that. Yeah, it, it's... No, that, that doesn't, they, they don't count. Something else. They don't count. Something, else. something we don't know. Something we don't know. Yeah. Ooh, that's, it's one's, that one's tough to try to, I'm sure I have, and... So I just don't want to say I have not because I'm, I'm sure there have been people where I haven't recognized it. You know what I mean? Like I haven't, I haven't been aware that they have opened a door for me uh, in that way. Um, you know, uh, I would say that, for example, Team Jordan, they, you know, they've always been very kind of like, like the fact that they know would might know who I was and like be they would talk to me or something like that. I was like, oh, that's really nice of them that they would talk to me. But I don't. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's been like a singular kind of experience uh, that I've had where that was. Yeah. Oh well. Okay. I mean, I've shared this one, so I feel like it's. It's cheating a little bit, <laughs> but I'll, I'll bring this one up. And I don't know if this is exactly a context, but I, I would say it has to do with, uh, with what, how the dusty wheel came to be. A, a lot of times I've felt, and again, this isn't, this isn't a knock on fandom. This is like my own personal kind of issues where I felt kind of like black sheepish, you know, whether or not it's because of the black t-shirts or just my own insecurities that really overwhelm me, whatever it is, where I've just kind of felt like, like I'm a freak, you know, and I, and I own that, but it also is, you know, it's a weakness and a strength, right? It's, it's both. Uh, I haven't quite been able to get all the weakness out of that one yet. Uh, and, you know, uh, I think, yeah, I I would say that going to Jordan Con 2019 and just kind of feeling like I was done and going to watch fandom from the outside. And I think having having Sarah Nakamura, the Wheel of Time TV consultant, was a 
was a friend. I hadn't seen her for a while. Uh, and having her kind of come to me and like actively open a door and say like, Hey, uh, what are you doing? Like, what are you going to do? And saying to her like, no, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not doing it. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, what am I going to do? I mean, I'm not doing website thing or whatever, you know, and having her say like, Hey, what are you going to do? Cause I know you're going to do something. So what is it going to be? Like, and say like, you should. And like, this is, I know what's inside of you and you should share it basically. Right. And like the sincerity of that moment really still touches me. Like it's weird to see now what came of that. <laughs> like I'm always like, Oh damn. Like I would not have, right. I, I would probably be doing something. I maybe I would have just like got theory just back up on theory land or something, you know, but maybe not. I might have just been like on Twitter talking about it on my theory land account, you know, with some friends or whatever. But having this person believe in me and purposely see potential and purposely open a door to me and encourage me is what brought about the dusty wheel, right? And so, yeah, maybe there's a little bit of that giving that light back that I feel responsible for, um, in all the things that have happened, but especially because of that, of like, yeah, what are you going to do? Right. I, I see that. Uh, and maybe that's the open question that I've seen kind of hit other fans, uh, over the last three years. Like, what are you going to do? You know, uh, what are you going to do? Because you know, you, you can, there's something inside of you to do something. So what is it going to be? And supporting that and trying to support that over the last three years, of welcoming others, you know, doing like <laughs> what we have now, like, I don't know, there's like seven live shows every week you can go see. Uh, there's like podcasts, there's, you know, uh, there's all sorts of things going on in fandom. And I feel like whether or not it was me or someone else or just someone felt inspired and felt like there was place for them and that they could, and the door had been open to them, uh, that, yeah that anyone or everyone is doing the lights work um, in this fandom and being a part of that is, has been, you know, has been awesome. And yeah, shout out to, to Sarah for, for coming at me <laughs> and, and asking me what my name was, you know, uh, you know, metaphorically and me responding and saying, well, I'm, my name is Matt Hatch, and I, I guess I'm looking for some people that want to talk about the Wheel of Time. Yeah, that's an amazing story. And I think that's what Anas and I have been asking ourselves in what are we going to do? Um, because we started doing these projects together, and then we realized, okay, we actually need to do something else with this. And, and um, you know, we have something special here. And I, I think that has been the experience for a lot of people in the fandom of like just realizing their potential or bringing out a hidden talent or going back to a talent that they may have, you know, put on the shelf. Um, it's been a process for, for a lot of people and a, and a really great journey, um, of feeling welcomed and then, 
you know, enjoying that feeling and then amplifying it by becoming some sort of creator yourself. Um, so I've, I've really enjoyed that process. And um, I guess we, want, we wanted to ask you along those same lines, what advice would you give to us as new creators, as new podcasters? Other than ask maybe easier questions. That was <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, good. This is really good. Because I don't feel like I'm... What's good about your questions is I don't feel like I'm repeating too much. Uh, so hopefully if you're That's like... That's what we were going for. Hopefully if you're yeah. like, yeah. hey, <laughs> we're talking to Matt over the innkeeper. People aren't like... Um, yeah, I've heard him say lots of stuff for three years. I don't need to hear it. <laughs> so hopefully there's something new in Boring. Here. No one wants to hear it. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, I get it. Like, I feel like that all the time. I'm like, why does anyone want to talk to me? Uh, so I, w- I do want to say this before I answer that question and before I have you rephrase it so I can remember the question. Uh, <laughs> I want to say, say that what are you going to do to those listening was not a a podcast, you know, that wasn't the question is what are you going to do? Those of you that are out there showing up on discord channels, having conversations, sharing the books with your friends, telling people about like just your experience as fans, you know, uh, sharing the lessons that you've learned from these books, you know, if you will, or carrying the spirit of the fandom wherever you go showing up at live shows, being part of, you know, conventions, or just kind of being part of the conversation, following the conversation, you know, like we used to call them lurkers, but being there and being part of that community, that's an answer. And those are all legitimate answers. (laughs) You don't have to like have a live show or a podcast or anything else out there. But, But it is an active, I just like the idea of what are you going to do and the likelihood is you are doing things right now and those things are appreciated. Uh, I've said this before. I appreciate every single person that shows up and just wants to hang out and have a chill time. That's it. Like this is about friendship and about just hanging out and escaping or whatever it is for you. Uh, to me, that is doing something. So I just didn't want anybody to walk away like, like I guess I have to... <laughs> to go start a show to to <laughs> to be a legitimate fan you know uh no you don't uh for you two though what is my answer uh my advice for you two uh so i guess my answer to this question for anyone initially would be choose something that is genuinely you because it is the most likely to be something that will endure and uh and that's been my at least my experience right i the whole theories thing (laughs) theory land like could i have run a community i mean i thought about doing this for like sanderson's books like i could have recreated theory land sanderson style i mean hell uh, that might have been like uh, maybe that would have like been a nexus of what I currently do for work uh, in that moment, right? But I just knew that I didn't feel that way about Sanderson's books, like I felt about the Wheel of Time. And by doing it, it would just be to do it because I knew I could, not because I really, really wanted to do it. 
So my advice for you two, whatever, if someone wants to kind of make it a business, they just want to do it for some other reasons, but for you two, for the light's work, I would say, just make sure that what it is, is it is generally you because that will endure. You'll want to do that thing when you, on a Tuesday before you're like, we have to record another podcast <laughs> or like <laughs> it's another secret project. Uh, you know, how did you know? Isn't, isn't 42 <laughs> secret projects enough? You know, why do we have to have a 43rd? Uh, you know, it, if it's not something like that, then you'll never run into that problem because inherently you'll just be being yourselves. And so, yeah, that, not that I think you'd have a problem with that, but yeah, just always keep that in mind. Like don't, don't just do all the other things because that's what everybody else is doing. Don't, uh, like just follow the advice of like, I see these other people doing X. I guess we have to do it. You know, genuinely find what it is you're trying to do and then just do that thing to the best of your ability and just make that okay. And it's okay. Like, just like the theory land, you know, eventually I was just like, but all I really care about are the theories. Like, I don't, I could put news on my website and I tried a couple times and they'd always failed. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> I don't actually care about it that much. You know, uh, yeah. ultimately I just realized, uh, filling my life and my fandom with things I really didn't care about was always a failed. Like, like I, I, people always joke about Buffy, I had this little quadrant. I was talking about like Buffy the Vampire Slayer with theories. Uh, it never happened. Like I could have. It just never happened because I it wasn't something I really, really was passionate about. Um, and to take the extra time that you're taking away from your lives, you got to really be passionate about it, either because you're making some, lots of money or it's something you really <laughs> love. And if you can figure out if both of those things, cool. But um, I get why people make this stuff into business. But for me, it's always just been... Because it was a freak uh, about this stuff. So, yeah, that would be that would be the core advice I would give to to you both. And then I would the other piece would be just, just do something unique. I think you guys are already doing something unique, but like embed in that. Like I bring something that hasn't been done. It's because that's 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 fun that's fun to kind of break you know out this mold or, or create this new mold of something that has never been done before and like really be excited about that and bring us something that we just haven't ever seen and uh, i i'm always yeah i'm always like just try something totally new and different and that's fun and i think the lights work sounds like something like that i know you have a podcast but to me it's what the work you're doing behind the podcast like I'm always like Anas, Anas is like I have a secret, and I'm always like, "What a secret! What is the secret?" The <laughs> <laughs> secret is he doesn't actually have a secret. Yeah, no, that's the secret. <laughs> the secret to your success is, yeah, like the behind the scenes thing that are going on, and I think that that's those two those two pieces be genuine and do something new and interesting. Um, those are the two biggest pieces of advice I would give to you. Uh, and uh, I guess maybe the third is just don't expect anything. I never, I never have. And it's always, 
uh, been for the best. I just, I do it because I love it and have zero expectations of anything that'll come from it. And I'm always pleasantly surprised when something does. Yeah. No, it's, um, were you going to say something, Grace? No, go ahead. I, I was just going to say to you, like, you know, the fact that we made this teaser, you know, this week and like released it today, we were just kind of just talking about that and, you know, putting that out and how much, um, how much fun we had, how much, you know, how much it kind of, how much we put into it. And even before we released it, it, the amount of joy we had was probably like, at least we felt that, you know, we had so much fun making this so much fun, enjoying it already Yeah, that that by itself, you know, that's no, in no way discounting the, the, the response we get or the fact that we want to share it, but the fact that, you know, the joy was just there already. I've spent, I've spent like five hours or more on a YouTube thumbnail <laughs> and there is zero chance that anyone appreciates the thumbnails that much. <laughs> but are you enjoying those five hours? I come from a graphic design background i can't not spend that time on it because i can't (laughs) (laughs) it's not that i'm enjoying it i would just be pissed if i didn't accept the work that i came up with and so but but what i mean is by that is it it me spending that five hours has nothing to do with anyone else it has to do with my love for (laughs) i want this to look in a way that i am happy with it uh, if that makes sense similar to what you were just saying which is like sure other people's reaction to it in the end is going to be cool but it was the joy of putting it together that was that was the joy that lives in your in your minds uh more so than whatever people say about it in the end right right okay i think i think we've done all the the heavy hitting i think so let's that's it uh, (laughs) bring it on (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, we, we have this kind of thoughts for a kind of a rapid questions um for our, for our guests so these are questions we're going to ask you they're really one answer a yes or no really not you know too much i wouldn't say you know, put thought into it but it's there's no hedging <laughs> there's the definitive answers okay. so okay. um you know um you know, this will be, and you'll be held to this forever. So I don't make these rules. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we, we have some of these questions. So, no pressure. Uh, Grace, why don't you, okay. <laughs> Grace, right. why don't you take, yeah. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Favorite Wheel of Time book? Shadow Rising. Favorite character? Lanfear. Least favorite character? Elida. Favorite season one episode? Three. Favorite actor on the show? Barney Harris. Favorite season two teaser scene? <laughs> Pat and Fane walking on the hallway. Will Uno survive season two? No. Perrin, Matt, or Rand? Matt. Min, Elaine, or Avienda? <laughs> Min. So I did say like uh, <laughs> that these are going to be easy. The next one might be hard. So... Okay, you ready? Lanfear, Mirren, Celine, or Sindane? Lanfear. Will Manfear ever happen? No. 
<laughs> okay. Um, I think those are some good answers. I was surprised with a couple of them, but uh, uh, I, I liked how uh, firm you are. So I think uh, I'm glad we had the instructions right, and I think you played the game right. Yes. I can't believe yeah. you put Min and Aviando together. That was brutal. That was brutal. I am. I am very glad you said Min, though. <laughs> I knew you were going to say Min. <laughs> so um, the other kind of thing is, you know, so you know, we're coming to the end of the show. I mean, this has been um, even more kind of deep than I thought it was going to be. So um, thank you for um, for sharing all of that. I think um, you know, and and letting us <laughs> ask you these questions and sharing um, some some wonderful kind of insight uh, to to you know w- what we're trying to do here is understand this fandom and why it's special and why it has a big effect on us. So uh, thank you for that. Yeah. Um, one of the kind of things that we end with is we talk about our favorite fandom moment of the week. So, uh, you know, we look at the week and, um, you know, maybe you can think and we can go first uh, if, you know, if there's one thing you can think of, but Grace, what, what was your um, kind of favorite fandom moment this week? Uh, I might be taking the easy way out, but I'm going to go with releasing our teaser today. That was just like the result of a long week of you and I working on it, talking about it, calling each other and having meltdowns and, (laughs) you know, various other things. And I think to finally be able to release it today for everybody to see it was pretty awesome. Um, But it's like you said, I think those moments before we released it when we were talking about it and when you said is this the best thing we've ever made and that I that will just always stay with me um and and I definitely regardless of you know people's amazing reactions to it it was just such a highlight to my day and just made me feel really proud and really excited and and happy about what we're doing I mean, oh, you only you're only gonna do one, okay? So, yeah, I'm following know, the rules uh, today. Yeah. So <laughs> the the running theme is uh, I ask for one thing, Grace says like five. So um, <laughs> uh, my so yeah, so my uh, kind of you know one of the things I like enjoyed watching throughout this week is I don't know if you if you guys saw on Twitter and I don't think you guys actually maybe uh, took part in this is this handwriting um, kind of challenge or you know thing that. The, the fans did and it was just fun seeing people just write down the wheel weaves as the wheel wills and you know i'm not i'm sure people are just not putting any thought into like oh that looks like elaine but or anything like that but it's just fun to see the reactions and seeing all these different handwriting um uh, that people put out and i thought that was just again a a sort of thing that is coming out of your comfort zone again i think that I wouldn't see myself doing a year ago. And I saw it and I was like, oh, I'm going to do this like right away. And um, and I think that just speaks to, um, you know, having your say in a community. And I, I thought that was um, that was pretty special. So um, that's kind of my favorite uh, fandom moment this week. So uh, I hate to I hate to be so self-focused on this choice but it's hard for me not to because this is this last week because sunday i was in the czech republic 
uh, last Sunday and I was visiting like locations for season one <laughs> of the TV show. And that one, like doing that and then coming back and sharing that with everyone, like it, it was one of those moments again, where it's just like, uh, that was going to be, I wanted to take that day and I wanted to bring a back some of that to fans and just like encourage them to go out and like travel there and have that experience too. Cause it was awesome. Uh, so <laughs> sharing my slideshow, uh, of, of shots with fans, uh, was a really fun, like fan moment because of this whole thing. We've been talking about the show for years now and then actually have had that chance to go out there and I mean, <laughs> I mean to be like going up and trying to take pictures to see Jordan Studios like with with my wife in tow and have her worried about the cops coming in a foreign country. There's just something that was just over the top geeky about that whole situation that uh, was just it was such a new experience for me. Uh, and so yeah, that's I know it's it's self focused. So I apologize to. <laughs> to those out there i definitely loved the uh swoon worthy uh images that were going around uh, oh, yeah, twitter that was uh that was a funny one uh just uh like i felt bad because i started like trying to break <laughs> broke the mold by using a picture of man fear uh, oh that was hilarious that, no, the swoon worthy thing but i love that again that like i talked about where Theoryland really when people started sharing their faces and families and lives like there was a certain unity uh, and I've noticed that a lot about this group that everyone's, you know, anonymity is the nice thing for sure. But, you know, starting to share a little bit more personal things is that kind of trusting nature that comes out in a community that starts to feel comfortable with the people that it's talking to. And that can take years. So uh, the swoon worthy thing I thought was really cool uh, to see. To see fans that were like, I don't normally do this, but here's a shot, you know. Um, right. Cause I totally get that discomfort. Like I, I totally, uh, 100% understand the discomfort of sharing that image, you know, and, you know, especially, you know, if anyone has ever experienced bullying or whatever it is to then kind of open up like that online. Uh, so yeah, that was outside of visiting Czech Republic. That was a really fun thing to come back to. Yeah, I remember when I first joined the fandom, I joined Twitter first, that was the first thing I did. And I was just convinced I would never reveal my face. Like, this is just, I'm going to be this online personality. And that's <laughs> it. I'll never, ever, like, no one will know me. I was like, worried people would be upset that Bane and Chia didn't have like red hair. I was just like, <laughs> stupid worries. But and now like, I, I just don't care anymore. So, yeah. uh, you know, and that's just because I feel so comfortable with everybody. I've never um, felt unsafe doing that because everybody's just been so welcoming and, and nice and non-judgmental. I, I'll admit, I was like, it's only one person? <laughs> yeah, I did. I know. That I didn't mind so much. I kind of liked messing with people like that and, and people uh, being upset that I was only one person. <laughs> um. But yeah, that, that's pretty much it for today. Um, before Anas closes us out, I just wanted to say thank you um, for sharing everything that you did and opening up so we could learn a little bit more about what it's like to be the innkeeper um, and your experience of the fandom. Uh, because, you know, 
not to to make you feel uncomfortable or anything, but I just feel like <laughs> this is this is just a fact that you are the reason many of us are in this fandom is you know not you specifically obviously it is about all of us but the fact that you started the show and you do the show and you show up every week like that's what you know all of us kept coming together for and if you weren't doing that if you weren't pressing the buttons we wouldn't all be in chat and we wouldn't be where we are now so thank you for that and and thank you for an awesome interview with us we really appreciate it yeah no you're welcome and thank you uh <laughs> eventually what I'm gonna do is convince people to just say negative things about me because I feel much more comfortable with those things <laughs> okay well we'll invite you no, back I'm, on I'm, season two and we will just be mean to you the no, whole time it's a, yeah it's funny no I wouldn't like that either uh, so uh, I just totally stopped that, that's I just stopped coming around uh, so don't do that that's that's not a good idea okay but, so we should just yeah. leave you alone then uh, no no you can it's a <laughs> You get used to my my awkward discomfort. As long as you're fine with that, then you can say whatever you'd like to say. Uh, so, uh, no, no, I thank you. Uh, I I am grateful that it is. Ha- it's been impactful. I'm grateful that it uh, has been impactful to you too and to others. And uh, yeah, I'm. I'll be back uh, Wednesday, and the Wednesday after that. So we have one new patron to thank this week. Joining our Flicker of Light tier is Roger, also known as Goat Brother, a fan that we absolutely love, Grace, don't we? Yes, Roger is a Dusty Wheel patron from like the very beginning. I remember chatting with him three years ago, um, and he became Goat Brother, and we met him at Jordan Con, and I met him at Malkiri Con, and he is just a lovely, kind, hilarious, sweet soul, and so excited that he's our patron, and he's also on our Discord now, too, which is very exciting. Yeah, one of my kind of favorite memories of Jordan Con was the TVAD um, After Dark panel, and we were doing Balefire Bond and what whatever the other whatever that was the the, the three things and um it was Matt Rand and Perrin and I'm like yeah Perrin just Balefire Perrin and he and he like turned to me and he's a big Perrin fan and he's like but it's only a weave to him and I just like remember that so well because I was like okay you got me there but yeah um it's always been great to to chat with with roger and interact with him uh wherever we can find him and i look forward to meeting him again uh hopefully at jordan con next year and roger and i have a pact that at malkiri con 2024 he and i are going to get tattoos together wheel of time tattoos in prague apparently so i'm just putting that out there to be recorded uh so i have to be held to it now Yep, the lights work in Prague is going to be you getting a Wheel of Time tattoo with the Goof Brother. Awesome, mm-hmm. awesome. All right, that's awesome. So yeah, I mean, uh, I think we've talked a lot about how uh, you know the Innkeeper has been doing the lights work, um, you know. But uh, the lights work podcast. Um, He's going to highlight this again and again. And, um, you know, follow us on, on Twitter at LightsWorkPod. On Instagram at the TheLightsWork. 
um, join our Discord server. Sponsor us on Patreon. And, um, you know, now it's your turn to go out into the world and do the lights work. The Lights Work is a Wheel of Time fandom podcast hosted by Anas and Grace. The Lights Work is in no way affiliated with the Children of the Light. Please leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Follow us on social media or sponsor us on Patreon.